The Keystone Pipeline is an act of war this November 23rd, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And it's This Week in Water. Seconds after the U.S. Senate failed by one vote last Tuesday to pass a bill that would have advanced construction of the Keystone XL, a Native American chant broke out in the gallery, celebrating the rejection of the controversial crude oil pipeline. A huge block of those opposed to the Keystone XL are Native American tribes from Montana, South Dakota, and Nebraska. Leaders from eight tribes in the Great Sioux Nation maintain that tar sands oil threatens to pollute their land, areas that sit on top of the Ogallala Aquifer, a major source of agricultural and drinking water for the Great Plains states. The tribes warned that as sovereign nations, they would close their borders to pipeline construction, adding that they'll do whatever it takes, including spilling blood to protect their, quote, sacred water. Rosebud Sioux President Cyril Scott had already declared House approval of the pipeline an act of war. Republicans have vowed to make passage of the bill their first order of business come January when they control both houses of Congress. When oil and gas drillers produce fuels from underground, they bring up more water than any other product, more water than gas or oil. Based on data from the most recent year available, a Reuters report details how the industry produced 5 billion barrels of oil, but 55 million barrels of water. This equates to an average of 7.5 barrels of water for every barrel of crude. This produced water is nasty stuff and contains salts and radioactive substances. Most of it is injected back into the ground, a process that can lead to earthquakes, but some of it is spread on roads and held in evaporation ponds. Last Tuesday, the San Diego City Council unanimously approved plans to recycle sewage into drinking water. The project dubbed, quote, Pure Water San Diego was hailed by business and environmentalists alike as the best way to reduce rising costs for imported water, create a drought-proof supply, and protect the coastal city's marine environment. San Diego currently dumps untreated sewage into the ocean. Concerns about a public backlash and an ooh factor prompted the city to spend a million dollars on education and outreach. Polling suggests increased support, but a handful of residents spoke in opposition to the plan, citing costs as well as environmental concerns that toxins, such as those from prescription medications, could be left lingering in the water. Water rates are expected to drop as the water recycling allows San Diego to buy less imported water which currently makes up 85% of its total water supply. Lakes in North America are facing a jelly problem. Not something like grape jelly, but jellification of insect species. And while we all like jelly on our toast, we may not want it in our lakes. A study done by Queen's University has shown that declining calcium levels is hindering the survival of aquatic organisms. The low calcium leads to the growth of jelly-clad species, which have been increasing in alarming rates. More jellified species leads to altering food chains, but also the little jelly-encapsulated insects can actually clog water intakes. The increase of jelly species in lakes is likely due to acid rain, according to researchers. 
The Gila River in New Mexico is one of the last remaining free-flowing rivers in the country. However, there's an effort underway to divert parts of the river for use in southwestern New Mexico. That part of the state suffers from a lack of available water resources. Critics claim that diverting water from the Gila is too expensive, up to $1 billion, and environmentally damaging for the relatively small amount of water it would yield. The New Mexico agency with authority to approve the project will likely vote on it on Monday, November 23rd. A former state water engineer has stated that the proposed diversion would barely work, even assuming the best conditions. According to him, seepage and evaporation rates from the diversion could yield little or no water for southwestern New Mexico. And finally... Britain's first biobus hit the road last Thursday, powered entirely by human waste and food scraps. The aptly nicknamed Pooh Bus can travel more than 186 miles on a single tank of mm, gas. The fuel is created by breaking down sewage with bacteria in an anaerobic digester. The butt of many jokes on social media, its engineers may well have the last laugh as the bus produces fewer emissions than traditional diesel engines and is both renewable and sustainable. How much human waste does it take to run the bus, you ask? They say each of us produces enough, number two, every year to fuel the bus for 37 miles. And to your second question, no, the poo doesn't stink. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.